Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way? The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Happy Tuesday to you. Great to have you with us. Scott Fransky, the voice of the Phillies, on our show today. Tomorrow, Warrior from Jesse Lucetta, the Penn State linebacker. Look for him and Ellis Brooks to split some time this season. Jack Ham is a big Jesse Lucetta guy. Should be, too. Thursday, Penn State Vice President for Intercollegiate Athletics, Sandy Barber. We'll hear from her. A lot going on. All right, let's uh, start with there's many starting points on this particular day. We will start with minor league baseball. We are going to have either Scott Walker or Joe Putnam on the show tomorrow to talk about minor league baseball. Uh, as you know, um, several uh, before we get to minor league baseball, in the majors, we know what Ryan Zimmerman's decided, what Ross decided. Mike Leak, Ian Desmond. Okay, all deciding that they want to opt out. This is going to be one of the keys, in my opinion, moving forward as you see sports try to plow through the next few months. It's with all due respect to Mike Leake, who's a fine major leaguer, with all due respect to Ryan Zimmerman, who has been who was the original Washington National and is a really good player. The key is going to be the stars showing up. Does Mookie Betts elect to play or opt out? Does Mike Trout elect to play or opt out? Does Aaron Judge elect to play or opt out? Does Garrett, Garrett Cole elect to play or opt out? Does LeBron James elect to play or opt out? We all know he's, he's elected to play. Uh, does Kawhi Leonard elect to play? Does Jason Tatum elect to play? Does Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, do they elect to play? If, if your stars are electing to play, if your stars are electing to play and the vast majority of them elect to play, 
then as a league, you have the foundation to have potential success to make this work. It's going to be if you have your stars, you know, for example, Alex Ovechkin, does he elect to play? Does Sidney Crosby elect to play? You know, and so on and so forth. Uh, you can go through the list. You, I mean, you know who the stars are in, in leagues. And I think that's going to be important moving forward. In the current scenario, you'll get no criticism, as I mentioned here, if anybody elects to opt out. I'm not going to criticize Ian Desmond of the Rockies for opting out. And at least he has concerns. I get it. I'm just saying that for the success of this, it is one thing, let's take the Lakers, for example, okay? LeBron James is going to play. He said over and over again, I'm playing. Anthony Davis says, reiterated, oh, yeah, he's playing. So while it is important from the team dynamic that Avery Bradley elects not to play, with all due respect to Avery Bradley, again, complete respect to him, his game, and so forth, LeBron James and Anthony Davis move the needle. Avery Bradley is a part of why teams win. Avery Bradley's a part of why you win, but LeBron James and Anthony Davis not only win, but they move the needle. They get people to watch. And that's the way it is with an Aaron Judge, a Garrett Cole, a Mookie Betts, a Sidney Crosby, and Alex Ovechkin. I think you know, your stars will be the ones that, as they go through this, do they play... Can they keep playing? I don't think that's going to be important to whatever foundation of success any league can achieve in this particular year. Just a personal opinion. Uh, and not in any way to belittle anybody's accomplishments. I mean, Ian Desmond's a big reason why people do win. Ryan Zimmerman's a big reason why the Nationals won last year. Okay, now let's get to minor league baseball. Uh, this is a day where they are meeting about whether or not the season moves forward. And let's face it, and there's no nobody really holding out hope that the, there's going to be a minor league baseball season this year. Uh, but they're expecting the, an announcement either today or maybe tomorrow about it. We'll see. So the question is going to be, and I was on a show the other day. Someone called the show. And they were asking about what do I think about the possibility of a 2020 season, to which I responded, my focus really has shifted entirely to 2021 and beyond. Believe me, I would love to be going, I would I would love to be at the ballpark, what's the, today, the 30th? So uh, I would not have been doing a game tonight. The spikes would have been on the road. I would have had a... Wednesday, Thursday, Friday series tomorrow, Thursday and Friday with Lowell at Medler Field, LeBron Park, the Red Sox affiliate. Of course, if things were normal, I actually—I was actually supposed to be on vacation this week. Um, but different story, and irrelevant. You don't care if I was going to be on vacation or not. You got your own lives to deal with. You don't need to hear about mine. 
So now the focus does go in the end to 2021. Who survives, how they survive. And let's face it, cash flow is an issue. Minor League Baseball needs people through turnstiles to have cash. And as I pointed out, they may get to 120 teams just through financial attrition. So in Baseball America, in an article written today by J.J. Cooper, who's graced us with his presence on this show, and Josh Norris, they are talking about this decision. Later in the article, they write, let's transition essentially from the near future to a longer view and the pictures of what the minor leagues will look like in 2021. And to them, they say it's becoming clear. This is what they write. J.J. and Josh write this on BaseballAmerica.com. Early in the pandemic, minor league baseball reportedly signaled its willingness to give in to Major League Baseball's plan to contract roughly 40 teams as part of the massive effort to realign the organization. We've talked about that on the show many times. The original list of 42 teams on the chopping block has been, and we have told you this, and when we had J.J. on the show two weeks ago, he reiterated it's been fluid throughout the process. We talked about the fluidity of this list back in December. We reiterated the fluidity of the list back in February and then in April as well. So this has been consistent with what we have told you on the show. Teams have worked their way on the list and off the list over the past seven months. We've talked about that. MLB proposals, if adopted, would lead to the short-season New York Penn League, rookie-level Appalachian League, and rookie-level Pioneer Leagues being eliminated entirely from affiliated ball. In many of those cases, those teams had wanted to at least have a farewell season. The pandemic wiped it away. But that is not the end of the story for those teams. Some of the teams in the contracted leagues will remain part of the overall picture, likely sprinkled into various leagues at either the Class A level, which will include four full season, um, which will include four full season teams and at least one rookie level complex team for each of the thirty leagues, or thirty teams. Affiliations will change as part of the plan. Now, this is something that's interesting. I've told you that the standard two-year player development contract would probably go to five years. What J.J. Cooper and Josh Norris have written, this one did surprise me a bit. They said the standard two-year player development contracts will be wiped out. That we know and replaced by much longer agreements. Some sources have said the agreements could last as long as 20 years. Wow. That would eliminate the biannual affiliation shuffle that leads to odd, inconvenient arrangements. So we'll give you, they give an example, and we'll give it to you as well. The Washington Nationals AAA affiliate is in Fresno, California. That makes for major headaches for both players and organizations. I have, a, I have a friend of mine from college that's a minority owner for the San Diego Padres. 
a few years ago, I was driving into the ballpark to do a game, and he says, hey, can I talk to you for a minute? I said, sure. So he called me up from California. And he said, so we're thinking about moving our, uh, building a ballpark and moving our AAA team to a town 60 miles away from here. He didn't specify the town. What do you think of that idea? He said, he said the concern in the room among other owners is that it would detract attendance-wise from the major league club. And I said, geez, I said, I look at it in an opposite direction. I said, it'll enhance you. He said, what do you, he said, explain why. I said, number one, I said, you'll be cultivating fans in that area that now will become Padres fans because the Padres have invested in the town and the ballpark. Number two, you're going to have fans that will spend less money. They'll go and they'll see the Padres of the future, and then when you move them up, they'll be then anxious to follow them in San Diego. I said, from an organizational point of view, I said, you can then call players up or send them down with the ease of driving one hour out and one hour back. I said, organizationally, it makes a big difference for you. Instead of having to fly, they got to fly in, they're going to be here till the next day, anything like that. I said, it also makes it easier for your scouts to go over and watch. It's nice and convenient to get a good, long read. And I got with, instead of flying in someplace and then scouting them for a few days in a three-game series in Albuquerque. Stunningly, some of this made sense to him. That's because he's smart, and he figured out how I was saying it. So that's getting away from awkward affiliations. The league structure will also look different, though there are many possibilities. A likely scenario calls for the creation of a third AAA league. Now, this would be a recreation, guys. When I was younger, there were three AAAs. The Pacific Coast League still in existence. The International League still in existence. But there was the American Association. There actually were three AAA leagues. And possibly two more Class A leagues. The short season Northwest League may go full-time as part of the arrangement. We talked about that back in December. And then here's one. here are two possibilities which we blurted out a couple of different times to you. I've only mentioned it one time, but I mentioned that a Mid-Atlantic League may pop up in Class A. I only mentioned that one time, and that was back, I think, in April I mentioned that. And then in May, I talked about this. The low-Class A South Atlantic League may split into two leagues. So that's where it stands. But again, we don't know the makeup of the 120. That's the key. We don't know the makeup of the 120. But those are some of the possibilities. With the Major League situation now on the verge of getting players into camps, they can now shift to doing the Minor League situation. September 15th is when all the contracts run out can't predict here how it's going to play out. Can't. 
Nobody can. Anybody that claims they can predict how it's going to play out, they're kidding you. <laughs> um, but 2020, a year a year ago today, on June 30th, 2019, there isn't a single person on the face of the earth that thought that we, we wouldn't be having minor league baseball, major league baseball, or anything on hold, and we would have had an NCAA tournament and everything. Instead, this is where we are. I am still, I am still, um, I still do feel that in some way the ability of the Stars' willingness to play on the major league level NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball is one of the keys to success. If they're willing to play, then I think it strengthens the idea of playing. Scott Fransky on the show today. We'll talk with him, get his thoughts at 4.06 today. Jesse Lucetta tomorrow. We'll hear him, and we'll hear from Sandy Barber, Penn State's Vice President for Intercollegiate Athletics, on Thursday's show. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, great pre-owned inventory, all at Sunbury Motors, Sunbury Motors Kia, and sunburymotors.com. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. For the Lincoln Kia Hyundai, awesome pre-owned inventory. Great sales staff. Great service department. They'll take care of that vehicle for the life of the vehicle. And it's a great time to deal as well. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. For the uh, second consecutive day here in Center County, no new cases. So it's two days in a row, no new cases here. I believe over the last seven days, there have been a total of four, but none the last two days. So that's where we are. Um, just to get everybody up to date with what's going on, people like you know, a lot of people, of course, connected to Penn State. They want to know, you know what's the story here. We have not had new cases here in two days, and usually, sometimes Tuesday, there might be a couple of more because of the weekend count. And if when you get a zero on a Tuesday, that means the weekend went pretty well. Okay. 
that's where we stand. Scott Fransky, next half hour. We'll hear from Jesse Lucchetta tomorrow. And we will hear from Sandy Barber on Thursday. Friday, no show. That is our 4th of July holiday. And then back at work on Monday. Matt will be back from vacation. I believe today he's in the Canary Islands. Really kind of jumped around a lot. He only gave me the itinerary of interviews, not his personal itinerary, so I'm not sure where he is today. <laughs> it's, I'm telling you right now, he's, he's all over the place. I mean, I, mean, I got a text from him today. I didn't recognize that area code. Right, uh, it's just, just looking at it, it's like stunning. It's quite a life he leads. All right. So let's get to a um, couple of notes. We talked about the Iowa situation with Akram Wadley, the accusations he made about Kirk Ferentz, Brian Ferentz, and the and Doyle, the uh, Chris Doyle, the former strength and conditioning coach. I'll say this about the Iowa players. Let's start with with Daniels, who who got this rolling. Former second round pick, now playing with the Detroit Lions. He's made some coin. There is no reason for him to really say anything because he has um, he's been successful. So it's something that does bother him a lot. And his freedom to say something has opened the door for others to now feel like they have the freedom to say something. The question we have to legitimately ask is, what is true and what isn't? Is all of it true? Is some of it true? It's a legitimate question to ask. That's the job that we we have here. If you're going to be in media, you have to have the ability to ask questions. Um, And so that's our job, to ask questions. And then out of those answers, try to figure out exactly where it lies. Sometimes it lies strictly one way, sometimes strictly the other. Many times somewhere in the middle. Right now, Iowa's not commenting on what's going on. They're not going to comment. And Kirk Ferentz is not going to comment on it right now. They're doing what they say is an independent investigation Iowa hired its own group to come in and look at it independently so they can get a better read on what's going on. I will say this about Wadley. Wadley is really the first one that really has gone after Kirk Ferentz. Most of the others, when they have discussed Kirk Ferentz, have said they weren't crazy about Doyle, they weren't crazy about Bron- or they weren't crazy about Brian Ferentz, or they weren't crazy about both. But almost everybody has said they loved Kirk Ferentz or liked Kirk Ferentz. Wadley's the first one that actually has said something against Kirk Ferentz. Now we'll have to see how that plays out. Next is this story. Major League Baseball MVP say time to pull Kennesaw Mountain Landis' name off of plaques. Now before you sit there and say, oh, I know this is like the statue thing. Not in this chair. I have talked about this. I've done I've done radio, professional radio now, for 40 years. 
In fact, my first day doing professional radio was June 11th, 1980. So it's been 40 years and 19 days. Okay, so 40 years. This is a topic that I have discussed. I discussed back in the 80s. Back in the 80s. Because to be honest with you, I have never been a Kennesaw Mountain Landis fan in any way, shape, or form. Yes, he was the first commissioner of baseball, and he held that job for 24 years. All right? But what did he... I've done a lot of reading about him. He did nothing to grow the game. Nothing. Zero. He took advantage of the Black Sox scandal to entrench his personal power and never really suspended those guys for the rest of their lives from baseball. So he was given full power to act in the sport's best interest. And he used that power a lot. Ask yourself in the 24 years as commissioner why Josh Gibson never played in the major leagues. Satchel Page, Cool Papa Bell. How come they never played? All right? Never. Two and a half years after he was out as commissioner, Jackie Robinson played. And and it, here's the other part. When Landis became commissioner, you know what the furthest west a team was in, in baseball? St. Louis. You know what the furthest west a team was in Major League Baseball when Landis left? St. Louis. And I'm telling you, I never understood. And I said this back in the 80s. So this is not out of the realm, Okay of what's going on. I didn't want his name on the trophy then. I said he didn't deserve it. And he's the one that tried to get rid of minor league baseball. That there were too many that that Branch Rickey running the Cardinals had all these minor leaguers. And he said, it's an unfair advantage. Oh, but then the Yankees did the same thing and Landis let it happen. Okay. Time and again, this guy did not open the door. I'm sorry, he shouldn't have his name on the plaque. He never should have. They should redo all the plaques and the, the, for anybody's living. I'm sorry. I just I, I I've read a lot about him. I've read a lot about him, and I'd read a lot about him back then. I don't have to reread anything about Kennesaw Mountain Landis now. I don't. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, did he put the All-Star game in? Yeah, that's great. Good for him. Um, Never have been a fan at all. Thought he took advantage of a situation. He kept the job for 24 years. Thought he was the be-all, end-all of of baseball. That he was the one, you know, he made all the decisions. Well, I noticed that he said, oh, there's no rule about whether, you know, black players can be in or out. No, there wasn't a rule, but, you know, did you? No. Never was a fan. Never. Obviously, didn't know the man, wasn't alive when the man was alive. He passed away long before I was born, but I, he's, he's a figure in sports where I've just shook my head about all, all these years. Always have. And talked about this back in the 80s. I said his name shouldn't be on the MVP 
trophy now. It's come out now, but this is something I talked about 35 years ago. It was not unusual, at least for me to talk about it. I've talked about it before. Just my opinion. Again, he's somebody that, to me, is... I looked at. I've always looked at his tenure, and I just I've always shook my head. Like I don't get it. I don't. I don't get why this guy was in charge. I don't get why this guy was had so much power. He was the be all end all. I never just you know. I never understood why his name was on the trophy. All right, come back with more in a moment. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Scott Fransky, next half hour. Uh, the uh, On BTN, the all-decade football team continues to be announced. Yesterday was running backs and linebackers. Uh, Saquon Barkley, one of the running backs. Jonathan Taylor, the other. Linebackers Josie Jewell of Iowa, Devin Bush of Michigan, Chris Borland of Wisconsin. Today is the offensive line. I believe they have, I think there are six members here. Dan Feeney from Indiana, good player. Maybe he's a two time first team All American, should be. He was a usually pretty easy vote on the All Big Ten team. Uh, Brandon Scherf, the Outland Trophy winner in 2014 out of Iowa. Taylor Lewan, good player. Went on, has been a good pro as well. Two-time first-team All-American. Taylor Lewan in uh, 12 and 13, first-team All-American uh, from Michigan. Wyatt Davis. I thought for sure he was going pro this year. <laughs> I really did. I thought, oh, well, if he comes back, yep, I'm coming back. I'm like, oh, boy, does that... Wyatt Davis isn't done yet. He will be playing for Ohio State this season. Offensive guard, really good player. First team All-America last year. Player I really liked when he was there, Billy Price at Ohio State. Billy Price I thought was a really good guard, and then it turned out it was a big-time decision to get him to center and paid off for, for Ohio State. He ended up winning the Remington Award which A.Q. Shipley won in 2008. Billy Price won that award in 2017. Really good player. You know, listed as a center, but he started out as a guard, and they moved him to center. He was terrific at both. And Michael Dieter of Wisconsin, whom I liked very much as a player, uh, was the 2018 Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year. Um, He was just a redshirt sophomore when Penn State beat Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship game. But Dieter was always a good player, good offensive lineman. Um, Tomorrow they're going to announce the all-decade tight ends and defensive backs. Tight ends and defensive backs coming up tomorrow. So we go Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, Wisconsin, and two Ohio States. Up front, you got a Penn State and Wisconsin in the backfield, and you got a Wisconsin, a Michigan, and an Iowa linebacker. So pretty, 
big spread there. So, more coming up on that tomorrow. Let's see. And then Thursday's the wide receivers and defensive linemen. Friday will be the all-decade quarterback, kicker, punter, all-purpose, and also the coach of the year on Friday. We'll get to that on Monday show. The all-decade quarterback is going to be interesting. Very interesting. Do you go with JT Barrett? Do you go with Connor Cook? Do you go with the latter stages of Kirk Cousins? Do you go with Trace McSorley? That's going to be very interesting, the all-quarterback pick. It's going to be very interesting. Justin Fields only played one year, so I really am not going to put him in there. But, you know, you get Dwayne Haskins, who put up record-shattering numbers in his one year as a starter. So that's going to be very interesting. It does promote discussion. Just like it promoted discussion about the basketball part. We talked about that last week. You're telling me that I don't care. It's just one. I don't care if it's Lamar Stevens or Taylor Battle. You're not telling me they're they're not one of one of them is not one of the best sixteen players in the Big Ten the past decade. I mean, cut me a break. I mean, there were a couple. No offense, there were a couple of eye rolling decisions there. He's like, what? That guy wouldn't have started here. So far, I thought in football they'd be more extensive. I thought they'd be like a second team or a third team or something like that. They're just doing first teamer. We're going to look ahead to Major League Baseball. We're going to look ahead to the Phillies. A voice that you should have been hearing the last few months will reappear magically in the next half hour. That's Scott Fransky, the amazing voice of the Phillies. Next half hour. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com on News Radio 1070 WKOK.